0: Hey, this is Stephen Ferdick. I'm the pastor of Elevation Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. Hope this inspires you. Hope it builds your faith. Hope it gives you perspective to see God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. How many of you are ready for the Word of God? Well, I am Tim Summers, and I am the. Uh, I'm the youth pastor here at Elevation Church, so today, it's gonna get a little crazy. It's okay. I'm the youth pastor. I can do that. It gives me a license. It gives me a license to be a little crazy. Um, what an honor it is to be able to be on this stage and on this platform. Um, I consider it uh, one of the greatest honors um, because if I if I had to like if you got to like. P- I mean, I guess you do get to pick your pastors. <laughs> um, but in an alternate reality, it, it, I got to pick any pastor in the world. 100%. No doubt in my mind, no matter what season, time, it would be the Furticks, okay? Pastor Stephen and Holly, your entire family, so grateful for you. Our family is grateful for you. You have. Um, helped carry us through some tough seasons, um, some great seasons, and, uh, man, we're ready to do this for 25 more years. Let's go. So we love you. Thank you for all your sacrifice, the time, the energy, the effort. Assignment after assignment, you have proven yourself faithful, and uh, we, 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 get to, we get to bask in all of that. And so thank you so much. You know, the Word of God says that I'll be held accountable for the things that I say and the things that I don't say, and so I don't take this moment um, lightly. And uh, if you've never heard me preach before, if you've never come to a rhythm night, um, buckle up. Everyone just like, you know, like just maybe just do this. There you go. Y- y'all remember back in the day? King of kings, Lord of… Okay. Buckle That was for you, parents. <laughs> um, see? I can do both. Um… <laughs> Buckle up, because we're about to go crazy. And, and I, and I got to let you know, is I am extra. I am very, very extra. But this is really me. I, every time after I get up preaching, people are like, are you really like that? I'm like, no, that's my wife. I really am like that. Now, I like to be quiet sometimes, but you don't see that, okay? Um, and so uh, I'm a little ADD, okay? I'm a little ADHD, right? I like to be all over the place. I'm a little ODD. Odd. Oh, y'all, y'all gotta wake up. <laughs> y'all gotta wake up for this. Y'all gotta wake up. And if you're ready to hear it, like I'm ready to preach it, it's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be a really good one. We're gonna be in Jonah. Ha <laughs> ha oh, Keep standing. You might not sit down the whole time. Jonah chapter one verse one. Welcome to all of our EFAM. We're glad you're here. All the campuses, shout out. Lake Norman's really gonna like this one. Lake Norman's gonna like this one. Jonah, chapter one. Have you found it? You found it? Some of y'all are going, ya yeah, you ain't got nothing in your hands. Okay. Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, this is what it says. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah… Everyone say, but Jonah. You know what? How about you say your name? Say, but… But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. Everyone say port. That's going to be really, really key. After paying the fare… Some of us will pay to run away from God. Woo, Jonah, what are you doing? You ain't making any sense right now. Oh, we can relate. Can we relate? After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. And then the Lord sent a great wind. Everyone say wind. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea. Every time I hear, but then the Lord, I know it gets me crazy. Every time I hear, but then the Lord, I feel like it's a walkout song that sounds a lot like this. Yeah, yeah, hey, are you ready? Cause all I do is hey. win, 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 no matter what. Oh. Got heaven on my mind, oh. I can never give hey. it up. Hey. And every time hey. step up in the pit, everybody's hands go hey, up. up. And that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm saying. And I am when Jesus walks on the scene. You know that man got a theme song. All I do is win, win, I don't know if he said DJ Colin, but he said like DJ Gabriel or something. I don't know. But, I mean, <laughs> Jesus needs that theme song. And, and just like every character in the Bible needs a theme song, every preacher needs a title. And so, my title is this. All I do is win. All I do is win. You can find your way to your seat. All I do is wind. All I do is wind. Because it says, Then the Lord sent a great wind. Everyone say wind. Woo. Now here's what I want to do today is I want to go through the book of Jonah. Now I'm not going to read every single verse because I probably can't keep your attention that long, okay? And I only got a certain amount of time. So, but we're going to go through the book of Jonah. And uh, the thing about it is, is that we all know, even if you're new to church, I can guarantee it. We all know about the story of Jonah and the whale. Thank you. I was really hoping you were going to get that. Jonah and the whale. But do we know about Jonah and Nineveh? Do we know about Jonah and the place that he did not want to go? The amount of opportunities that Jonah has to follow God in this book of the Bible, just four chapters, and I think there's only 12 verses per chapter. That's a short amount of time. It's astonishing the amount of opportunities given to Jonah. Uh, Class participation. How many of you like assignments, tests, homework, projects? Okay, okay. Um, okay. How many of you like new opportunities, promotions, yeah. challenges? Come on, raise your hand. Yeah. yeah, right. There's a lot more hands for opportunities than there are for assignments. Okay, okay. I was talking to to, to Bishop Rios over here, and um, he helped me with this. He said, "You know where oppor- the word opportunity actually comes from?" I said, "No, nah, man, educate me." He said, "It actually is a nautical term." That's like boats. You know water? Okay, y'all were looking at me like, what? Yeah, we're going to class today. It's an article term, and it comes from the phrase okay? ob-portunum. Okay? "ab portunum And the interesting thing is this is what it means. It means when your sail hits the perfect wind to get you where you need to go. ob Pertunum. That's where the word opportunity comes from. <laughs> Interestingly enough, the first thing that God gave Jonah wasn't an opportunity, it was an assignment. Right? Verse one it says, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. That was the assignment. And parents understand. This concept thoroughly. I know I look young, but I do have three kids. And uh, okay, you were supposed to laugh. Okay, I guess I'm getting old. <laughs> I've, I've got kids, and it, how many of you have kids? Ethan, uh, just put it in there if, if you've got kids. Um, th- this is very interesting. Anytime I try to tell my five year old Genesis uh, to go clean his room, I say, son. You need to go clean your room. This happens daily because he is a savage, okay? He doesn't care, all right? And I like it and I'm okay with it, but I'm like, I need to teach you a little bit. So uh, please go upstairs and clean your room. It's like, okay, dad. Can't wait. All right, I'm going. Goes upstairs, there for about 10 minutes. If you're a parent for long enough, you know he's not cleaning his room. It's not happening. So, you know, it's a 10-minute mark. All right. Genesis? Yeah, Dad? What are you doing? Cleaning my room? Liar. Okay. (laughs) You walk up the stairs. You go into his room. Son, no progress has been made. I told you to clean your room. He's like, I got distracted. I'm playing with some toys. Look, I built a Spider-Man Lego. Right? And then I go. I proceed to say, if... You don't clean your room. You ain't getting the iPad tonight. I feel a lot of judgment happening right now. You give your kid an iPad? Yes, I do. I don't need that right now. Okay. (laughs) What is that? What did I just give him? I just gave him an opportunity to be able to get out of the situation that he put himself in after I had given him a assignment. assignment. Oh, parents are the great wind in which teenagers and children go where they need to go. You know, you've heard the phrase delayed obedience is disobedience, right? I want to say it a, I want to say it a new way. Your maturity in the Lord is how fast you will obey God. Your maturity in the Lord is how fast you will keep his commands. Obviously, Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. Genesis doesn't want to clean his room. We don't want to forgive our neighbor. We don't want to have empathy for people who have experienced other things than us. I'm stepping on toes too early. It's too early, isn't it? He did not want to necessarily do that. It's not necessarily what I prefer, not necessarily anything that I like or that I want. Right. This is what we find out you know, the best place in life is when your wants line up with God's wants, and this is what begins to happen in these four chapters with Jonah, because, um, side note, God's wants don't change. Right? It says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His wants don't change. His assignments might. His opportunities might, but his wants do not Change. Do you think David wanted to fight Goliath? Do you think Abraham wanted to sacrifice his son Isaac? Probably not. Uh, do you think Daniel wanted to be thrown in the lion's den? <laughs> do you think Paul wanted to go to Rome where he would be beheaded? No. Do you think Jesus wanted to go to the cross? No, but these were people of obedience, and I'm just realizing that I, I just expressed that that was all men's stories. There are women, too, in the Bible that say that. I'm sorry, women. I'm sorry. That was my fault. They were given an assignment, and then they obeyed. Everyone say obey. obey. Oh, John, on the other hand, well, his journey was a little different, and that's how I think maybe... We might be able to relate to him today. His his journey was a little bit different. He decided to take a different path than maybe what was intended. And so let me get you through this first chapter. I'll give you a little summary because again, I only have a certain amount of time. Jonah was trying to run away from the Lord. Notice I said trying. I gave some of it away. Um, He gets on a boat, okay? A storm begins to rise Everyone's panicking on the boat. They're freaking out. Jonah's below deck. They're in complete fright mode. And Jonah is straight chilling. He ain't worried about it at all. You can read this. It's in Jonah chapter one. He ain't worried. He is not worried at all. Like, this doesn't make any sense to me. How, 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 how does this begin to, to fold out? Let me tell you something. You know the name Jonah? Do you know what it means? It it doesn't mean sea or boats or waters. Uh, Jonah means dove, D-O-V-E, like the bird, not the soap. It means dove, right? Now, birds have an ability to see a storm coming, right? They see harm, and then they escape. (laughs) But you know what's interesting is that the dove is also the symbol of the Holy Spirit. Scripture says that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and give you power to conquer anything. (laughs) Jonah saw himself like a bird, but God's asking him to see himself like the Holy Spirit. How do you perceive yourself? How do you talk about yourself? You know you get to choose your name. You get to choose what your name means, and you get to choose what it's going to be like. So, they're on the boat, chilling, but freaking out. Jonah's chilling. Everyone else is freaking out, and they realize, oh, Jonah is disobeying the Lord. He's running away. From God, storm wakes up Jonah. Because how many know that sometimes it takes certain storms to wake you up? Like, why am I going through this? Well, maybe you've been sleeping through your life. There's a storm rising. They're all freaking out. Jonah officially wakes up, and it's one vicious cycle after another because we've already gone through. Storm after storm, after storm, after storm, after storm. And how many know that storms aren't fun to be woken up by? Right? Have you ever been woken up by a storm? It's kind of scary, especially as a kid. (laughs) I'm experiencing that with Genesis right now. You know, I mean, rain starts eating. It's like, we're melting! Like, good Lord, son. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. You know what else is it fun to wake up to? Long division. Do you know what long division is, Che? You do? Because I didn't. Um, My 14-year-old, Brody, came up to me. "Uh, Dad, can you help me with this problem? I'm like, yeah, I'm a master at math. Boy, what's up? What you got, big dog? He's in math still. He's not in algebra. Once he gets to algebra, I'm done. Okay? Comes up. He's like, I I need to know how to solve this problem. Looked at it. It's 12. He's like, Dad, I, I don't care that it's 12. I'm like, what? It's 12. He's like, no, Dad, it's long division. Like We're supposed to show our work. I'm like, why you got to show your work? I, wanna, I want him to make sure he knows the why, okay? <laughs> why you got to show your work, son? He's like, well, the teacher wants to know that I know how to get to the answer. I said, shh. I said, I might have to preach on that, boy. I said, you know what? Interestingly enough, we didn't even get to the problem. I started preaching to him. I said, Christians think they got the answers all the time. They're like, Jesus is the answer. (laughs) It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Woo! But you know what? Sometimes we don't know the whole equation. You see, you might be the square root of your problem. (laughs) And Jesus is the answer. (laughs) But you got to admit that I might be the problem. They're like, why do I keep going storm after storm after storm after storm after storm? (laughs) Well, there's a common denominator. (laughs) Let me tell you something. It won't always be what you like. When God asks you to do something, he gives you an assignment. It won't always be, and most of the time, it won't always be what you want. Think about it. It's like God's like, all right, look, Ryan, you need to stop gossiping. And you're like, okay, yeah, you know what? You're right. Next day, your friend comes to you with the juiciest news, and you're like, abiding your cuticles. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. You're like, ah, uh, God's telling you, hey, you should probably pay off your debt. This is probably a good time to be mature in the Lord. Uh, let's pay off your debt. And then all of a sudden, you're walking through Sears, and the manager comes by and says, I'll finance this fridge for seventy-two months for you. And you're like, "Oh my gosh, are you serious?" Okay, I'll do. Right? Like it, it's like when you ask God for patience, Then the next morning you get in traffic. And you're saying things that I can't say on the stage. <laughs> right? This is, this is what happens. This is what happens. It's even little things like that. And if you don't know where you're going, there will be people who will gladly take you where they're headed. So, you got the people on the boat freaking out. Jonah wakes up. Jonah's like, just throw me over the boat. It's my fault. So, they do. <laughs> throw them over the boat. I'm like, do I want to be in the storm in the boat or do I want to be in the storm out of the boat? (laughs) I've seen deadliest catch. I'm choosing in the boat. Okay. (laughs) I'm not doing this. So all of a sudden a fish, that's the theologically correct term, fish, more than likely it's probably a whale of some sort. You can't fit in a trout, Um, but (laughs) the fish swallows up Jonah. And this man is in the belly of the fish for three days, right? And you can realize this is the point where Jonah starts to figure out it's not all about him. Now we are in Jonah 2. All of Jonah 2, all of this entire chapter is a prayer to God. Woo, that's good. It's, it's just a, it's just, that's it. That's it. It's a prayer to God. I'm gonna give you the first two verses. It says, From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said... In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. Have you ever cried out to God? You know what that means? That means you're starting to get a little bit desperate for God. And this is where Jonah is. He's getting desperate. Okay, he's running away from the um, uh, from the assignment. He gets in the boat. Now the storm's going crazy. He gets thrown out of the boat. Now he's swallowed up by a fish, but he's still alive. He's getting a little bit desperate for God, and he begins to cry out. How many of you know that desperation can lead to determination? And this is what happens to Jonah right here in chapter 2. Because when you get grateful, you get faithful. And when you get faithful, you get fruitful. And this is where Jonah is at. He's getting grateful. Lord, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm desperate. I need you. Why did I do this? Then he begins to get faithful, and then he begins to get fruitful. It starts out with this gratitude to God. Could it be today that what you are facing, whatever campus that you're at, EFAM all over the world, could it be today that whatever you are facing is a setup for you to step up, because in this moment, Jonah realized, it's time for me to step up. It's time for me to get out of the way. It's time for me to begin the assignment that God has asked me chapters ago. You see, the fish represents discipline here. Now, when I say discipline, don't be freaking out like, I don't spank my kids. it, don't, 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 I, don't need, I don't need the negative connotation of discipline, okay? Um, everyone should have some form of discipline, but this isn't a, uh, a parent conference or anything like that. Um, so if the fish represents discipline, here's what we have to understand. If God delivers us, but never disciplines us, how will we ever learn? If you have kids, you really, 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 really understand this. Right, If God saves you but never disciples you, how will you ever begin to discover your purpose? Okay, So deliverance comes with dis- discipline, and salvation comes with discipleship. What we've got to understand is that the greater the anointing, the greater the attack. The greater the anointing that Jonah had on his life, the greater the breaking he had to go through. The greater the anointing that Jonah had on his life, the greater the crushing that he had to go through. And Jonah is feeling all of this in the belly of the fish. At this moment, Jonah is completely helpless, but not completely hopeless. Let me tell you something. You might feel like you're completely helpless, that you do not have the answers, you don't know where to go, you don't know who to turn to. You, 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 you are at a loss of words. You've got doubt overfilling your mind and your soul and your spirit. I'm telling you, you might be helpless, but I guarantee you're not hopeless. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. It, it, it is not over yet. It is not done yet. He is not through with you yet no matter where you are, no matter what you're facing. So then we get into Jonah 3. And after he does the prayer, it says, then the Lord vomited him on to dry land. Obviously, it was the fish, but the Lord made him do it. So Jonah 3, it says, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh, and proclaim to it the message I give you. Does this look familiar? It's the same exact scripture in Jonah 1. So if we continue within this chapter, he obeys this time around. Everyone give it up for Jonah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He goes to Nineveh, right? He lets him know that within 40 days, the city would be overthrown. The king finds out, the king of Nineveh finds out, orders a fast. He's like, all right, No more eating, no more drinking. We're having a prayer night. We need to get with the Lord. We need to turn from our evil ways and God might show compassion towards us. This is what's happening in Jonah 3. I'm just kind of running through it, okay? Now, what you gotta understand is that Nineveh was ruthless, okay? Nineveh was barbaric. Nineveh was what the kids call savages, okay? This was not a city that you wanted to live in nothing like charlotte okay it was not a city you wanted to live in and what you got to understand is that if god never presented jonah with all of these opportunities we would know nothing about jonah <laughs> literally all of these opportunities in the book of jonah if he never did that we would only have one verse in the entire Bible about Jonah in 2 Kings. That's it. If God never presented those opportunities, we would not know much about Jonah. Jesus would have never mentioned him in the New Testament. So the whale was an opportunity. The boat, the storm was an opportunity. What you got to understand is opportunities are directions back. the assignment. Opportunities are directions back to the assignment that God has first given you, and so at this moment, Jonah begins to fulfill his assignment, and we get into Jonah 3, verse 10, and this is what it says. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented. And did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. Have you ever thought God was wrong? And he became angry. He prayed to the Lord Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? This is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. Uh, ADD, just angry, dramatic diva, right? Just, I mean, I, obviously, none of us are anything like that. We don't get angry, we don't get dramatic. We're definitely not divas when it comes to what we want or our preferences. Am I right? Amen. Okay, it got quiet. <laughs> Here's the deal. Had we been writing this chapter, we probably would have shown Jonah in the city of Nineveh, carefully teaching the people all of the spiritual decisions. Interestingly enough, God did not write it this way. In fact, instead of meeting a rejoicing preacher, we meet a rebellious preacher. We, 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 we see him angry at people. And angry at God. We we see an adult acting like a child here. We see a believer acting like an unbeliever. We see Jonah sitting outside the city, waiting for the judgment of God to fall on this city. And here's an amazing thing, and just a little side note that God sent a great awakening. In fact, one of the largest revivals in history under the preaching of a man who did not even love the souls of the people he preached to. Now, what that does for anyone who puts God in a box is that breaks the box. Can can God do that? I mean, I don't really know. You know, yeah, he's a God who restores, but we sound a lot like Jonah, but Jonah, ran away from the Lord. So Jonah literally leads one of the biggest revivals in history, but now he is mad about it. He's angry, right? Not only that, um, the sun is boiling him to death. Okay. This is when we get into chapter four. Um, How many of you know that there is nothing worse uh, than being hot and angry? Okay. That's the devil's version of hangry. Like being hungry and angry, that's one thing. Being hot and angry, oh my goodness. Some of y'all be turning into some demons. Hot and angry is a little different. Right? Like, okay, so how many of you ever done hot yoga before? (laughs) Some of you are like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) Um, I've never shared this with my wife before, uh, but I have done hot yoga one time. We weren't married then. Um, I wanted to keep it in the past, but the Lord told me to bring it forth. <laughs> I have done high yoga one time, and that'll probably be the last time. Um, but how, do you know, how many of you know that when the temperature rises, your true colors start to show? It starts getting a little weird, right? Right? Like like the, the, the temperature impacts your tolerance. and Jonah was not tolerating anything at all. So then the Lord provides a plant for shade. Okay. Now, if you've read chapter four, you know you know where I'm going with this. Okay. He provides a plant for shade. And Jonah's like, okay. Yeah, I was angry. I was mad. Now I'm not. Thank you for the shade. I'm a little more comfortable. I appreciate it. The next night, the Lord provides a worm to eat the plant. <laughs> Jesus would just be having fun out there. He just be like, <laughs> let's see what he's going to do. And all of a sudden, Jonah is angry again, right? In a vicious cycle, one after the other, right? Like, like it's kind of like what we experience. We experience a promotion, but then we realize we got to work twice as much right? Well, I got the shade. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go party Monday. What? You want me to to 60, 70 hours this week? Are you kidding me? Right? Like he provides an answer for you, but then that just gets you more questions that you have for him. And so you're like, oh, wait, I would have been happy about that, but now I'm upset because now I have more questions than I had beforehand. Right? He like he provides a significant other For you, come on, somebody. All the single people say, hey, that's me tonight. (laughs) He provides a significant other, but now you have to change right? Now, now, now your accountability is, well, maybe I should change because this is not going to work. I, this is something I had to do. I remember when I got married with my wife and I was like, oh my goodness, I just struck the jackpot. Okay. This is amazing. Oh my goodness. Two months in. Oh, I am completely jacked up. I am messed up. Oh, so you're not just going to fit into my schedule. We're, we're, we have to create a new one. Oh, okay. I can't just think about me. I got to think about us. Oh, okay. This is starting to make a lot, a lot of sense. And then we get into the last two verses of Jonah 4. And it says, But the Lord said that you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it, or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left?" A lot of times we tend to be concerned with the things that weren't meant for our concern. In this book, of Jonah in these four chapters, God was using everything in his power to get Jonah back to the assignment that he had given him from the very beginning. God was pushing Jonah back into his will one opportunity at a time. And the reality is, is that God was trying to make disobedience to the assignment as uncomfortable as possible. And then we wonder why. Oh, my goodness. Why is this happening to me? Y'all think I'm exaggerating, but this is what we do. Ah, no one loves me. No one texted me on my birthday. (laughs) That happened to me once. Um, (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm not here to tell you that opportunities are bad. That's that's not the sermon here. I'm not here to say that opportunities are bad, but disobedience is. Disobedience is, and we tend to overlook the assignment and overpay for an opportunity. Do we not? I found myself doing this. And wait, God told me to do that when I was 15, and at 19, I now start walking in it. What? What? Why? Why, why do we tend to do this? So, so you know about Jonah and the whale. We know about him running away. We've heard about Jonah and the worm. But when I read through this book, I realized Jonah led one of the biggest revivals in history. Mind you, it was the Ninevites and 120,000 people were saved and delivered because of this assignment. This was the assignment from God. This was the plan all along for Jonah. The reality is, is that we glorify opportunities and flee from assignments. We have got to be a generation that when God says, to do something, yes, sir, how can I make it easier? What can I do now? We have got to take the assignment and begin to take a step forward. But it's nice to preach. It's really hard to live out. Because we begin to think, like, like we begin to wrap opportunity in thinking that that is the assignment. Like, well, you know, I don't, I don't like Like, JJ gets up. Hey guys, we should, uh, we should probably, you know, Church is is coming back in person. It's time to serve. Uh, Well, uh, let me get out of this building. (laughs) Let me get home and no one's going to ask me about it. I mean, it's as simple as that. Fleeing from something, that could be the very thing that leads you to the ultimate cause. <clears throat> what's interesting is that, again, I'm not saying opportunities are bad, but I, but I am saying this, is that, that we do serve a God, that even when we do flee from the assignment, God gives us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to lead us back to the very thing that God asked us to do at the beginning. You know, this is why we do what we do here at Elevation Church for 15 years now. This is, this is, this is why we, 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 we serve. This is why we are opening up campuses. This is why in the middle of the pandemic, we were able to you know, continue to push things forward online with eFam. This is, this, is, this is why we do kids ministry. This is why we do E groups ministry. And to be honest, this is why we do youth ministry. This, this, is, this is it. It's, it's not to fill a seat. You come only once a month anyways. It's, it's not that. Sorry, I'm getting loose. I'm sorry. It, 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 it is to help you and, and, and to provide you an opportunity so that you can... Experience the fullness of the assignment God's given you, and we're passionate about it. This is why I love youth ministry. This is my 12th year being a youth pastor, and, and, and it's absolutely amazing. Why? Because I love potential. Now, the thing that frustrates me the most is when kids walk away from their potential, but when they realize, oh, yeah, I can do that. I don't have to be this tall. I don't have to be this smart. I can do that. And they're walking in opportunity after opportunity. They're realizing they're living out their assignment. You know, a week from now, on July 11th, we're doing what we call YouthX. And YouthX, if you've been fleeing from Tarshish or living under a rock, um, YouthX is our annual summer camp. And it's going to look different this year. But we're doing a 168 hour live stream, continuous. For middle schoolers and high schoolers, for the Youth of Elevation Church. And I'm telling you, as a parent, this, this is easy. This is easy. My life was changed this summer camp. Most of your lives are changed this summer camp. You realize something, it doesn't fix everything, but you realize some things. And I'm like, there, there, there are really good ways that you can be involved. Tell your kid about it. Make them go. <laughs> My mom told me to be here. It's okay, that happens every time for me. I don't care. <laughs> I'm here for you, the parent, okay? This is the best thing that you could. And and, and you know what's cool is like, yeah, we're opening up Valentine for all the services. We're doing like 21 services within seven days. It's going to be astronomical. But if you're like, well, I don't really know. I'm just don't know. I, you know, I, I know. <laughs> um, that's too much, Tam. <laughs> um, guess what? It's going to be live on our YouTube channel, Elevation Youth YouTube, for the entire seven days. So create a moment in your home with them to go, all right, let's get the word of God in our lives. All right, let's get the understanding of scripture in our lives. It's, it's just a huge opportunity. It's a big one and I don't, I, don't, I don't want you to miss it because when you look at Jonah and I end with this, God could control the wind and the waves in chapter one. He controlled the whale in chapter two and he controlled the worm and the wind in chapter four but he could not control Jonah without the king's surrender. He couldn't do it. Everything in nature obeys the word of God, except human beings. Yet human beings have the greatest reason to obey the Holy Spirit. We have the greatest reason. You don't have to do another thing for me, Lord. I know that you are taking care of my family you're protecting me, and even when I flee from some things, you're going to send some whales my way. You're going to send some boats my way. You're going to help me. You're going to send people my way. You're going to send a church my way. Continue standing, and if you're not standing at campuses, you know, do that. Here's what I want to do, what I believe is the most important part of what we do every single weekend. I want to give you the opportunity to come into a right relationship with Jesus Christ. When you do that, you are coming back to the assignment that God has given every single one of us. And it says in scripture that you are to go into all the world and preach the gospel with your life, with your actions, with how. Your kindness, with your love. And I think there are many people, maybe in this room, maybe at other campuses, maybe watching online, that you're saying, you know what? I have been fleeing. I've been taking a boat in the other direction when God has told me, this is where I need to be. This is what I need to do. This is the next step. Today is an opportunity from the Lord, a divine appointment for you to get back on assignment and so here's what we're going to do I'm going to have everyone close their eyes and bow their heads And if you're saying you know what I I want to take this opportunity I want Jesus to come into my life I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer for the benefit of those who are praying it for the very first time or people who are returning back I want our church family to say it out loud say dear Jesus I thank you for who you are I thank you for who the Bible says that you are I believe that you died on the cross. You rose from the grave, defeating all sin, defeating all shame. Come into my life. Make me a new creation. I'm ready for the assignment. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we give it up for everyone? Put it in the chat. If you just came into a relationship, If you took the opportunity to come into assignment, you weren't here by mistake today. On this July 4th weekend, it's not a mistake. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. And I think I love moments like the moment we just had, because I know we're like, Yay, people! It never gets old to angels. It never gets old. They they throw in a pro- They probably, they probably play. All I do is win, win, win. When them hands are going up. When the sails hit a perfect wind to get you where you need to go. Come on, raise your hands. I want to pray for you and we'll go into worship. God, thank you for the assignment. Of this moment right here, I pray that you would continue to pour out your spirit and pour out your love and pour out your encouragement through every parent, every teenager, every employee, every son, every daughter. Help them to understand that we are building the church one assignment after another. We are grateful for you. We love you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Everyone said, Amen. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now, or visit elevationchurch.org/podcast for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe. You can share it with your friends. You can click the share button. Take a screenshot. share it on your social stories and tag us at Elevation Church. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.